Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time, it's time for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. better than this guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast it's joe marino and kyle krabs we're your host chris schubert floating around looks like he's in outer space not sure what's going on here with all the purple beep, beep, lights beep, behind my guy wee woo wee woo no just kind of like space oh. noises sorry he's producing this thing yeah. we're from the draft network and we're brought to you by bet online the number one spot for all your sports wagering information they've got it all football's futures major league baseball Golf, combat, sports, they have everything. Esports. In-game betting, whatever you want to wager on, it's available for you on a super simple-to-use West website that you can access through your desktop or your mobile device. Sign up today. You get a 50% welcome bonus in your first deposit when you use our promo code BLEAV50. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0. It's bet online, and it's where the game starts. Kyle, happy... Uh, National Bad Poetry Day to you. Oh. Okay. Must have been a rough slate this 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 has been a rough week in general for national days of the day, huh? Mm, pretty lame. Um I, there's some decent food options, but I uh, didn't want to bring up food. So That's funny, and it's only funny to the three of us, and we're not going to explain any further. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. I have two pieces of administrative notes to take care of before we talk about corners on today's show, since that's a theme oh, of the show. Uh, administrative note number one, for those of you, and I know there's a lot of you that just listen to the audio version of the podcast, I, I ask of you, I beg of you, please do me a favor. Go watch the video version to see my guy, Joe Marino, all fancied up today on the show. Guys wearing a white dress shirt for the show today. Not because of draft dudes, but he just he came rolling in from a family engagement. And so I just want everybody to, to see that. Now, the second piece of news, and Kyle, we love feedback here on Draft Dudes. I love when people provide feedback to the show. Sure. I got some feedback yesterday criticizing you and I in particular. And I read the tweet, and I needed to talk to you about it because I don't remember this happening. So my guy, Chance, Followed me today and sent in this tweet. He said, Chris, my guy, just listen to yesterday's draft dudes. How in the world did neither you nor Kyle react at all to to Joe dropping the daddest ite that's ever been uttered? It was the verbal form of Nike Air Monarch shoes. I missed this entirely, and I'm disappointed that we let this slip by. We'll readily admit that I also missed it, apparently, because I'm not familiar with the ite in question yeah didn't know that joe slipped that in there so joe kudos to you you got it in there without saving style or what yeah i don't know i'll have to go back and listen to yesterday's show is it that's what we need to know is my was my ite more dad than nick saban's every sentence or like jeremy pruitt you heard this guy talk Got some well, yeah. after every well, we sentence. know that th- this was the verbal form of Nike Air Monarchs. And I, I'll go to bat for my friend Joe because he does not wear Nike Air Monarchs. I know the kind of shoes my friend Joe wears. Yet. And they are not Monarchs. Yet. yet. He said yet. 
<laughs> yeah. You know, Joe, do you gonna... know what they? Do you know what Air Monarchs are? Oh yeah, I know all about them. The they're the white Nike shoe with like the blue check mark, kind of like high top, like bulky. You know, it's a dad shoe. I get it. And there's yeah, the, the New Balance. Spice is the Adams other... made those legendary. What's funny now is you're seeing people actually wear them on purpose, right? Like I've seen right. this. So they'll, they'll wear like the, the high tube socks with them. Right. Like you, like they're very like well put together a little bit. Yeah. They're well so put we together, do, fashionable people. And then they put those. When we on. do draft ads, we got to do <laughs> like seven inch inseam shorts, high tube sock socks, Nike air Mon- Mon- or the air monarchs, uh, fanny packs and a t-shirt tucked into tucked our in. shirts. Yeah, well, yeah, tucked t-shirt into tucked into the I, I would go cargo pants because you got to have the pockets i think that's a big dad okay. move i think we would do that and the t-shirt has to be like an ironic saying like it's got to have some sort of it can't just be a plain t-shirt it's got to be like some sort of dadism on the t-shirt and then a ball cap Great. and then i think we're i think we got it set. all figured out all right well do we have the cornerback class figured out that's that's the conversation we're going to have today talking about the 2023 or the rising draft class of, of corners. And um, we've done a lot of work on these guys, Kyle. We've we've covered a lot of ground. And I think where I thought we were going to come in with corners is a little different than where we ended up in terms of doing the work, doing the film, and, and letting it speak to us and kind of might be a little different than, than what else is out there. So we're going to talk corners today on the podcast. Right, Christopher? That is 100% correct. I will let you know I am on high wee-woo alert. The Browns just delayed their media availability today. So we will be keeping an eye on the other screen. So if you need me, you're going to have to really get my attention because I will be keeping an eye out to see if any suspension. Oh, I'll, I'll get your attention. Don't worry. All right. Um, yeah. I. So we have two corners that got consensus ones from every member of the TDN staff, scouting staff. And neither one of those two corners is Keely Ringo from Georgia, which I think is probably a surprise for now. Everybody gave him a blue designation, but you and I gave Keely Ringo one, two with a one lean. So we view him as more of a fringe one as compared to locked and loaded first round guy. So do we frame this conversation as why we, we, have him down a little bit, still certainly a high grade on him, or do we focus in on the two guys that have the consensus? Like, well, let's clean let's acknowledge Keeley because I think the, the discussion with top corners in this year's class starts with Keeley Ringo mm-hmm. for a lot of people. And you and I, I know because we, we talked through him in cross-checks, we saw him fairly similarly as a player. And somebody with his measurables and stature and explosiveness is going to be a really exciting football player. But I think the resume for Keely Ringo right now is more centered around the athletic profile and the size, a.k.a. the height, weight, speed dynamic, than it is his finished product Mm -hmm. as an actual cornerback who can play coverage and be a diverse and scheme-fluid football player. Yeah, I I agree with that. I I mean, all of the stuff is there. It's just about being tighter in coverage and being able to close quicker and just be more anticipatory as opposed to reactionary. I'm going to go, I'll, I'll take a swing here and you can, I'll see if you like this or not. I felt like Keely Ringo, 
the player that I watched last year at Georgia was a lot like the Kyer Elam that I watched at Florida last year. But I hope that I get the 2020 version of Kyer Elam in Keely Ringo moving forward and then even kind of maybe even taking a step because he's so gifted. Yeah, I think that's a, a very fair observation. And there's no question that Ringo has all the tools in the world. Like he, he looks like an outside linebacker. Yeah. Right. And he runs four, three and made the big play in the national championship game. So like, I get why the excitement is there, but like you said, you're just, you're hoping to see the clamps be a little tighter. And that's a question for a guy who has the length and the stature that he does, you know, that, that short area twitch and agility is probably never going to be a hallmark dynamic of his game. So how much more can you grow your anticipation as a football player mm-hmm. to bridge that gap? And that that will ultimately decide what his ceiling is from a draft perspective. All right. Probably uh, right now you think of him as a, a corner that zone teams are going to like. But if you're going to play a ton of off-man coverage, you know, this, this might not be your guy. And we like him, right? Like we have a first-round grade. We have a, a one-two with a one lean. I mean, that's a good grade. He's right now. Uh, I won't give too much of a spoiler away, but he's firmly in my top twenty, twenty-five players. Like I love yeah. Keely Ringo. I just, I think there's some limitations that we we're willing to acknowledge here, and and maybe those, maybe it looks different this year at Georgia. Maybe it does. Um, but right now, kind of where he's at, kind of that fringe first-round grade. So now we want to transition and talk about the two guys that got the consensus ones. Yeah, I, I do. And I'm excited because you and I have talked Eli Ricks. We haven't talked Cam Smith. I mean, you've heard me talk about Cam Smith, but I haven't really heard you share your thoughts on the South Carolina corner. And so I'd love I'd love for that to be the next thing that we get into. He's just a dude. Um Really, really aggressive, I think, is a word that that comes to mind and and plays very physical brand of football in general. I think you could see that with how he tackles uh, corners who tackle. And, and I get it. You know, your primary objective is to play coverage. Um, but last year, I thought he made a big jump in that regard. And he also in my mind has more of the short area stuff that we were just acknowledging is not a strength for Keely Ringo. So you've got aggressiveness. He's not a small corner, but he's not an excessively big corner at six foot, 190 pounds, fearless as a tackler, sticky in coverage. I really don't know what there is to not like about Cam Smith as a football player. He, the player that, was in my mind the whole time watching him was Greg Newsom the, the, at Northwestern. You know, take away the injury stuff. But, like, do you remember when we did that pod? I guess that was two years ago. We were talking about the 2020 cornerback class. I, I think that I have my numbers correctly. Was it 2021? It was 2021 corner class. And we were looking at our grades for all the players, and you noticed that he was the only player that didn't get less than – like we scale on a one to 10, like an eight in every single category. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like just that across the board, just yeah, like above average everywhere. And then there's this mindset that he plays with that you love. And like the ball skills are good. He's sticky. I mean, I feel so good about what he is and obviously really tested well playing in the SEC. I didn't think there would be any concern with 
everybody liking him, but it was really cool to see the entire group buy into what Cam Smith has put on tape to this point. Yeah. I, I think there's he's a player with little questions, and maybe you have the question, okay, like does he have an elite trait? And if that was how you were to to frame him to to come up with a question that, hey, maybe this isn't like a top 10 pick, okay. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know that I could argue with you there. But so much of what he does is so good and so consistent. The other player that we have a consensus first-round grade on is Eli Ricks, now at Alabama. Now, I think to appreciate everything that Ricks offers, you do have to watch 2020 tape. I mean, that's just part of the deal right now. If you want to see what this guy can be, that's where you have to go because the injuries last year, the the dynamics of that LSU football team didn't really present a great opportunity for Ricks to showcase himself. We're obviously very excited about him at Alabama. But I thought Ricks was just the same type of stature that you got in Akili Ringo. But the way he uses his length, the way that he plays tighter, the confidence that he plays with, the ball skills, it was like – Everything was just a tick better for me. And there's probably people listening to me say that that are very surprised because you really don't see Ricks graded higher than Ringo from many people. But I felt like watching him in 2020, it was better than anything I saw from Ringo. And I don't want to sit here and like continuously like talk down on Ringo, but if that's like the standard in some way, like I like what Ricks brings across the board even more, and I, I think I like him better as a tackler as well. Yeah, I, I saw some of, of Pat Sertain, the more recent version of Pat Sertain <laughs> in, in Ricks' game uh, with the six foot two stature. Uh, Sertain's a little bit more thick, filled out with his frame, but, um, and he, he will play really tight man coverage. And teams that want to lock you up, and we talk about guys who change the math. If you know you can go one for one and now the game is 10 on 10, mm-hmm. uh, that, that's a really valuable tool. And I, I do agree that the the tightness in which he plays the position when he's in isolated in coverage was something that I really gravitated towards and allowed me to really buy in on his tape. Flat should describe your TV screen, not your TV sound. Experience your entertainment like never before with the new Sonos Ray. This compact and easy-to-use soundbar puts you at the center of shows, movies, games, and more with crisp highs and precisely balanced bass. Breeze through setup with help from the Sonos app. You can even use your own remote for control. And when the TV is off, you can stream music, radio, podcasts like this one, Draft Dudes, and audiobooks. You can hear me say "ite" on the uh, the Sonos Ray. Right. Maybe I even sound better on that. Uh, audiobooks, it's all there for you. Visit Sonos.com to learn more about the Ray now. So that's the kind of top three, I, I think, that we would settle on. But yes. there's some guys that are not far behind, and, and credit to Brentley Weissman for finding Christian Gonzalez, this corner that's now at Oregon, uh, previously at Colorado, I'm, I guess for a couple of seasons. Now he goes over to Oregon and – you know, Brentley brought him to the table, and then we, you know, we did a group study on him. We all went back and watched more tape, and you feel like this is a really dynamic, height, weight, speed guy with length, with ball skills. There's just a lot to like about him, and and hopefully he can be showcased a little bit more at Oregon, and and people will will realize the talent that exists there. 
Yeah, the um, the profile right now kind of looks like Kevin King coming out of Washington. Went to Green Bay. was a day two selection. Uh, but you could see the pathway for success and the pathway for improvement for Christian Gonzalez is is very straightforward. And because of that, you know, we we kind of have him slotted as an early two right now. I th- I think the athletic profile is very very good, and um, his ability to build upon and finding the football is the thing for him with the Drake London game with USC last year was the good showcase one. Hey, you're in you're in really good position a lot. But if you want to take the next step as a corner, you got to find the ball and make plays on the ball at the catch point. And if Christian Gonzalez can do that, then I certainly think he can elevate himself up into the next tier and echelon. Um, as we mentioned, he's kind of one of those couple of guys that's right there at the top of tier two right now. Have you done the Stanford corner yet? Caillou Blue Kelly? I have, yes. I don't actually I know where li- you fall. I liked him a little more than you, but not more than Damien and, and Brentley did. I got a I got a firm two on him. So did you have like a one two with a two lean? I did. Yes. That's okay. Correct. I kind of feel like he's very similar in a lot of ways to Cam Smith. Maybe just like a like a you get ninety five percent of Cam Smith and Caillou Blue Kelly. And that's not enough to get a one. <laughs> Kyle, put it right back on me, my guy. Yeah, I did. Um. He's another thick, thick corner, 6'1", 190. He's not real wiry. Uh, that physicality shows up in his game as well. Kind of saw some pulse in Adebo in his game too. Uh, another Stanford corner. There's a name that came to my mind that I don't know if it was just the helmet and the jersey or what, <laughs> but um, really physical guy uh, who, who plays stout. And I liked what he was able to do. You had mentioned with... Uh, Keely Ringo, if you're going to play a lot of off man, this might not be a guy for you. I think Blue Kelly can abs- absolutely play in off man coverage and have success, and then still simultaneously crowd the catch points. So, um, he's somebody who I have a little bit of question for what the agilities are going to look like and what the long speed's going to look like, and I think that's enough of a differentiating factor versus some of the other guys that we've mentioned in Ricks and Ringo and Gonzalez and Cam Smith that uh, I just think he's probably a, at least functionally a half a step down athletically. And because of that, I didn't end up giving him a one. All right. But you, you have the one, two, two lean. So credit for you for being not me (laughs) (laughs) calling me out. Yep. Um, Who else you want to get to, man? I know Garrett Williams is, is, Part of this conversation for me as well. Clark Phillips is not far off out of Utah. Let's talk about Clark, and then I'll talk about Porter and and Stevenson, or two names that I want to get to. So Clark Phillips out of out of Utah. I mean, he's a good football player. Um, I like him. Really quick, really twitchy, explosive athlete. You don't really find yourself concerned with his ability to mirror and match pretty much any receiver. Fluid dude. You know, you see him disruptive at the catch point. You see him extremely competitive in coverage. You see him come downhill and make tackles. But, I mean, he's listed 5'10", 184. Um, I wonder if he's that big. And so I guess the question here is, like, we do this a lot of times with guys like Elijah Molden. Like, 
really good football players, but they're probably slot onlys. And I don't want to box Clark Phillips into that because like he definitely plays on the outside for Utah. And, you know, Denzel Ward is is somewhat open a lot of people's eyes about that type of stature playing on the perimeter. But when you go back and you watch uh, his tape from last year, I thought that there were some times where like the BYU game, for example, where BYU said, okay, bet, we don't think you're going to be able to come downhill and tackle. And they kind of ran right at him and and took advantage of of some of those limitations. So it's like, does he have the play strength and size to play out wide? And then can he hold up playing closer to the action as a, as a true slot corner? There's so much to like, but there's just kind of some questions. And, and obviously a player I'm going to be dialed into this year, skilled football player, but per, the projection here gets a little complicated. Projection also complicated for uh, both Joey Porter Jr. and Tyreek Stevenson from Penn State and Miami, respectively. I gave both of these guys um, mid-day two valuations right now. I think there's some upward mobility in both, but uh, I mean they're both very, very long. Joey Porter Jr. might be the longest corner I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, would not be surprised if he's over 33 and a half with his arms. 6'2", 192. Uh, son of the Joey Porter, um, played a lot in cover three, zone coverage. If you're going to ask him to to play in zone, I think you're going to have him play in a half turn or he's going to be clouded up on the line of scrimmage where he can kind of squeeze throwing windows and then get involved in run fits. I think those those are the areas that you feel really good about what he is capable of doing. Um, but somebody who is as high hipped as he is when it comes time to transition in space, I, I'm a little worried about, and then you, you foil that with Tyreek Stevenson, who is six foot, 214 pounds. It's it's a big dude playing corner, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, that density that he has, he carries it well, but you can't compare his, movement skills to the uh, Cam Smiths of the world. It's just he it's a different kind of athlete playing the position because of his stature. So for both of those guys, it's it's more so, okay, how well can you transition in space? And the same question that we have with Ringo, but at least with Ringo, you're working with a small sample size as a starter. You know he runs in the four threes. He's a freak straight line speed athlete. You know that's going to get drafted super high where I don't know what the time speed for Porter and Stevenson's going to be. So for those th- those reasons, these guys end up being a little bit more midday two type prospects for me as compared to buying into super high physical traits. But I mean, Stevenson played uh, four games in two seasons at Georgia before then transferring to University of Miami. So he's, he's a bit of a wild card himself with what he can de- continue to develop into. But I don't, I don't need to see more of his instincts to know that transitionally, he's probably just not going to be a big-time needle mover as far as short area agility and, and explosiveness in short spaces. Got a lot of size this year at corner. You know? yes. It feels like that's just up and down. I know that I just got done talking about Clark Phillips, who's definitely not a size corner, but for the most part, like just a, a ton of check-the-boxes guys, which is really, really good. Um. I, I do want to mention Garrett Williams from Syracuse. Go I think for he's it. a 
rock solid day two type prospect right now. Uh, another six foot ish guy, 190 pounds, good, good speed. I would say, um, I, you like physical and aggressive corners that are just alphas on the field. I mean, that's what you get in a Garrett Williams, uh, loves to play forward, click and close drive on the football. We will uh, tackle. Okay. Uh, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't going to ruin the flow of what Joe was talking about. I was going to Garrett Williams is finish. really, really, really good. Uh, just needs to play under better control. And, and I want to see his ball skills take a step. What, what, All right, what do so, we got? So let and me, I, I think, Joe knocked it out of the park. Now, Chris, sure. <laughs> the floor is yours. I, I don't know what tell, this is going to be. I'm going to tell a story here. So a just a random Twitter account that I had never seen before had leaked what, what appeared to be the suspension Pasteris. release. Joseph and, Pasteris. And I was not comfortable coming here on the show because the three of us know that when I run with things ahead of time, Solomon Thomas is on a different team. Okay, so we know that I'm not allowed to be in charge of these mm. kinds of things. Inside another inside thing here. Huh? So pro football talk quote tweeted this tweet and said source says that this is real. So the suspension for Deshaun Watson is 11 games. It is a five million dollar fine. So they did ultimately settle this. It is not going to be decided by the the arbiter from the NFL's appeal. They have decided on 11 games and five million dollars. He is also uh, he has to commit to mandatory evaluation and treatment. And the fine is combined with additional donations from the NFL and the Browns, resulting in $7 million to support the prevention of sexual misconduct and assault. The thing that I'm in, the thing, my immediate takeaway is I don't know how the NFL botched this. I mean, I don't know how they can, after every comment that they've said for this to not be a year, I think is just, is just a miss on their part. But if I remember correctly, his first game back will be against the Texans. No, he one two. Yes, it will. So he you know misses what, Miami, you know Buffalo, they, and Tampa. I think you know, you know why Good you know why he they did this. You know they why want, they, they, they want him to get games. absolutely destroyed when he goes to Houston. At Houston. They want him well, to just get booed. Beyond that, don't you have to play six six games for your contract to toll? Like sure, as an but accrued why, season? Sure, but yeah. why why would the NFL help him in that regard? No, I think it it helps. I think it helps the Browns. It w- it would have helped the Browns to suspend him longer because then they don't lose the year of the contract. You know what I mean? Sure, but because if the- he gets suspended the whole year, then his contract just skips the year, and he's still under contract for five years, starting in twenty twenty three. Now but, you like you've maximized the amount of time that he would miss while still saying you're going to lose a year of competitiveness with your contract being paid out the way. It is. Sure, but remember the first year of this deal was constructed in a way to where it doesn't matter. Right, next year is when everything kicks in. Yeah, I'm not worried about the money. I'm 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 worried about not giving the Browns an extra free year of having Deshaun Watson as their quarterback because he gets suspended the entire year. Yeah, I, this I, this is a miss for me. This is I, I don't I don't I don't particularly like this, but that there you have it. It is a 11 game suspension for Deshaun Watson, and it is a fine of five million dollars. According to Schefter, the deal's not officially signed, but it is agreed to by both the NFL and the NFLPA. So, but that's that's where we're at. So week 13 against the Texans is when Deshaun Watson will step foot on a football field, and now since he's officially suspended. He can't be around the team. Starting yeah, in week I, one, right? Yeah, he can go through the s- summer, mm-hmm. and then I think 
it's the lockout is when the regular season starts. So, mm-hmm. um, long, 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 long storyline with long awaited results and we have it. So we'll digest it and, uh, see what else comes out for, for details. But I am glad that we had a chance to, to give everybody, cause this is obviously going to be such a big storyline throughout the course of the rest of the day. Anybody who listens to Draft Dudes will get a, a quick sampling of some of our surface-level thoughts as well. But uh, it's going to do it for us here today on the show. Kyle Krabs, Joe Armand, and Chris Schubert, thanks to our friends over at the Line for their continued support of the show. Make it a great rest of your Thursday, and we will talk with you all again tomorrow. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.